Howdy, y'all. Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. I'm Ben Fields. This is my podcast. How we doing out there? Man, I have got special guests on the show today. His name's Charles Ellis. Charles Ellis is running the show over at uh, Yeehaw Beers Knoxville Outfit, the central filling station, and then the new brick and mortar shop, restaurant and bar that Yeehaw has here in town, the old Elkmont Exchange. Charles says we're uh, homies by proxy, and uh, that's because we've known each other for a long time. We went to high school together, another fabulous Bearden high school bulldog. But uh, Charles is a- apparently a-, a fan of the show, too, because he came over here with a pretty good throwback. If you guys have been listening for a while, you may remember early on, I had uh, my friend Zach Roskop come on for his first spot here on the show. He's been on a few times since then. But uh, the first time Zach came over, he brought a five-gallon bucket full of local craft beer on ice. So when Charles rolls up, lets down the tailgate of his truck, sure enough, five-gallon bucket filled with local craft beer on ice. We talked a little bit about some of those breweries, but we talked about Charles a lot too, because he is one of those guys who is very important to, you know, not just the local craft beer scene here in town, but also just the fabric of our town. But uh, Charles and Zach Roskopper are like uh, 1A and 1B of uh, the craft beer scene here in town. And I don't know who's 1A and 1B. I think they're both tied for 1A. But we had a great chat, a really good time. Charles's positivity is infectious, man. I love the guy. And I hope you guys enjoy our chat. Let's get into it. Here is me talking to my homie, by proxy, Charles Ellis. We're doing the podcast. Ooh, squeaky chair. I know, dude. I've been meaning to get the chair unsqueaked. I can sit in the hard chair if you want. Oh, no. Not going to work, Oh, no. I'm a mover. (laughs) I'm a mover. You're the first person to ever kick the chair out of I'm here, and I appreciate it. Ugh. It's cool. I got a bony butt. <sighs> you gonna be all right in that thing? Oh, this is much better. Is it? Much better. Yeah, dude. <sighs> I don't think I have had the bobbleheads. Don't make any noise, <laughs> <laughs> dude. This has been like, I think the first time we talked about doing this was like maybe a couple years ago, like right after I started doing it. And you were like, I got some cool stuff going on. Let's dude, just wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. just wait until it's about to happen, and then let's talk about. All of it at once. Yeah, for sure. I think that's now. It, the time has come. Dude, I have, uh, you and I have known each other. I, I, you may be, you're one of the guests on the show that I've known longer than mostly anybody. I, I was think. thinking about this earlier today. Like, we've been life adjacent for like, since the 90s. Sure. We, yeah. were, we were both in that weird school zoning area to where we both went to Farragut, middle, yeah. right? And, uh-huh. then, and then Bearden High. Sure. So there's like the... Pellissippi Parkway, Westland, Ebenezer, yeah. North Shore block, yeah. where we were all zoned really weirdly. Yeah, which was cool because you went to school at Farragut with all the Farragut kids. And then when you went to high school, you went to school with a whole new group of people. A whole new group. And then after you're done, you know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean... It has its advantages for sure. You know, yeah. you get to kind of reinvent yourself a little bit. Sure, and and your you know your 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 people that you know are twice as many as everybody else by the time you go to college. Yeah, super yeah. cool. Uh, you and I were in high school Spanish together. High school Spanish. What was the 
Do we have the guy Spanish teacher or the lady? Uh, well, we had we had bo- both. We, we did both down yeah. at the annex. At yeah. Bearden. yeah, yeah. I think we had uh, we had Senior Butler, mm-hmm. and he was an intern. <laughs> And uh, I, the, the thing I remember about him, uh, Dude, you got a much better memory than I do. Oh, listen to this, You're man! You're gonna do great. One of the th- <laughs> thank you. <laughs> One of the things I remember about him was he was in a band called Strobe Like Cockfight that he used to tell us Get about. The fuck all out of yeah, here. yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> Strobe Like Cockfight. I thought it was a great name for a band. <clears throat> it's it's a good name for something. <laughs> Uh, was it like he, a punk band or something? I don't know what it was. Oh. I never listened to him. Oh, it was that's great though because he was so nerdy. Yeah, he was nerdy, uh-huh. but he taught me a ton of Spanish, mm. and uh, and I I still use it sometimes. I'm going yeah. to Mexico here in a couple weeks, so I'll use it again. Every every uh, let's see, the last I think three or four years I've been to a country that speaks Spanish, and I've been very grateful to Senor Butler and uh, Bearden <laughs> High School for my two years of Spanish that they required me to take. Yeah, I did a brief stint landscaping. Uh, pretty soon after high school, and that helped a lot. I bet. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Did your Spanish get good? No. No, no. never got good? Uh-uh. One of the guys that we go on our uh, international fly fishing trips with, where we go to these Spanish-speaking countries mostly, he uh, learned how to speak Spanish working in a kitchen in Birmingham, Alabama, mm. when he was in high school. And he was like a busboy for four years in high school, and he came out fluent Just picked it up. In Espanol. (laughs) And now he works for, uh, he works for Stripe. Do you know that, uh, the, uh, credit card, uh, merchant company, you know what I'm talking Uh about? Like a tech company in, in, uh, in San Francisco and he's over like all their, uh, uh, Latin American, uh, that's Latin crazy. American, uh, sales or something like that because huh. he learned Spanish. Hey, it pays. It does. Man. Dude, you had a, uh, you had a blue Mustang, like I a did. 1965 Your is Mustang. amazing, Benny Fields. Really? Yeah. I had a, I had a, a family, like my grandfather had this 67 Mustang, uh, when my sister, my oldest sister, Jennifer, when she came of age to drive, he gave it to her, um, well, my grandmother did. My grandfather was already gone. But so it, it passed down the family. So my oldest sister drove it. My middle sister drove it. And then I drove it briefly until I wrecked it twice in one day. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. I got in a fender bender and then I ran it off the road. I told my parents that uh, a car was coming in the opposite direction and, and was in my lane. But I was really just bending down to light a cigarette and <laughs> ran off the road into a ditch. The ditch ended. My car went airborne and came down on the nose like the engine fell out the bottom of it really it's my sister still has it she uh she, it's just totaled no she she took it over and and my my parents helped her uh get it back up and running and she has it in charlotte now so it's it's in the garage and she takes it out every once in a while well you were nice enough to take me home from school a couple of days in high school <laughs> and we got to ride in that thing and i remember you telling me and this is i don't know why i remember this either but you were like Everything on this thing's original, except for the radio. <laughs> Everything else, though, OEM, baby. Just the way. It is. It's 1967. So this would have been like, you know, the year 2000. You were driving a 33-year-old yeah. car. Yeah, know? I've, I've. That's been pretty much my life is hand-me-down beaters. You know. Yeah, yeah. it's been good. What was it? It's. I, I read a, a stat the other day that was like 1996 is as far from 1969 oh boy as we are from 1996 now that that is crazy i know i don't like that at all i know <laughs> it's some crazy style like that i think that's about right but something like that it's like Ugh. yeah it makes you feel weird right? things that'll alter your perception of time yeah. stuff like that we're yeah. getting older though Ugh. i mean we're almost 40 hey we've earned it yeah yeah we've been doing the thing man 
So you after after we did the 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 high school thing. Well, what were you doing then? Were you working at, when we were in school? Did you? Yeah, do dude, I started working when I was like fourteen. Yeah, I got a job at like Hilton Head Ice Cream right there on Ebenezer, yeah. and, and did a bunch of like odd restaurant jobs. I was working at O'Charlie's Bearden when nine eleven happened and all that stuff. Really? So like, yeah, I had somebody take the Mustang when nine eleven happened and fill up the tanks. We were all terrified that gas prices were going to go mm. through the roof. Yeah. So I had like, I was working and had somebody that was working with me go fill it up real quick. <laughs> Crazy uh, the stuff you remember. I know. I remember you being a hustler. That's for sure. You're always working hard, dude. Always working. Yeah. Yep. And, and then when, uh, did you go to UT? Let's see. High school happened. I, I, I kind of took a sabbatical from high school early, moved out during senior year to, with some buddies of mine uh, mm. uh, and uh, had a party year. I was actually already had a scholarship to Transylvania University in Lexington. Was it for like swimming or swimming something? and diving? Yeah. yeah, they were like the only school that reached out. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll go to Kentucky and go to a little private school. Did you do that? Yeah, yeah. I okay. went up. I went up there for a grand total of like three months. Long enough to swim and dive, or no? Long enough to party. Yeah, yeah. Where? But, what is Transylvania University? Where is it? Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, it's in Lexington. Yeah, downtown. Oh, and uh, well, that sounds like a recipe for disaster right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, didn't have a lot of direction in my life at that point, so they politely asked me to withdraw from the college mm. at like November. Was like, that because of your grades, break. or yeah. just or just to protect just, the reputation of the university? I just hadn't gone to class after like the first three weeks, I guess. So yeah. they were just like, "You can you can come back, but you should just go ahead and leave for the semester." Were you were you that kind of person because i always remember you being extremely smart but were you that kind of uh student or or person who just you know did enough in school to kind of get by but absolutely never kept you really interested yeah and you know my parents are from south georgia and my mother is incredible uh but there's definitely was a lot of coddling going on not a lot of like pushing me into ap classes or stuff like that so i did the bare minimum to get by high so school. Two older sisters? Two older sisters. And you're the baby. I'm the baby. Okay, so some coddling oh, did yeah, happen. for sure. Okay. I was mama's baby. You were? Yeah. So by the time I got to college, I didn't know how to be a student at all. Right. So I, I, had, I had figured out the game, but then college was a whole different game. And I just wasn't ready for it. So Wait, so how'd you leave co- high school early? Just like, I'm out? So <laughs> I had already been offered my scholarship. Okay. Uh, and then second semester of senior year, uh, uh, some buddies of mine had gotten a house and they were like, just come, come live in with us. And I kind of quit going to high school second semester, which was a good idea at the time, but it wasn't a good idea because I, then I had to walk late. I had to go to summer school for senior English mm. while I was living with these guys. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. So, so you were trying, you were trying to, to stop short on high school, go ahead and get into the college party mode. Yeah. And you did, yeah. But then it, it <laughs> occupied then that summer because you had to go take senior English. Yeah, I mean it's kind of all over by the second semester of your senior year in high school. Exactly. Anyway, right? Yep. Everything was already lined up. I was just like, why am I coming here every day when I don't really need to? I've already got scholarship and and everything's everything's lined up. So. But you but you you did ultimately have to uh, uh, appease Transylvania <laughs> University yeah. by graduating from <laughs> yeah. high school in order to attend yeah. the higher learning institution. My, my folks were super super psyched about that. What did they think when you said you were going to move out with your fr- move in with your friends? I was already 18. They were I was the baby. They had already seen everything from my sisters. So I was just kind of like I'll be on the other side of town living with my buddies. Where was it? 
uh, Piney Grove Church Road. Yeah, over off Middlebrook. Yeah, yeah. My okay. buddy Kevin Griffin and uh, Jonathan Alley and mm. Barrett Henry. I remember those names. Yeah, I don't remember the yeah. guys, but I but I remember the Kevin names. actually lives in this neighborhood. Oh, really? Yep. Man, every every time somebody comes over, they mention somebody who lives in my neighborhood <laughs> who I don't know, and it's like it's a big neighborhood. It is a big neighborhood. Yeah. There's a few hundred houses in mm. here. Uh, so. So when did, uh, so after Transylvania, the swimming and diving team, did you compete while you were there? Uh, didn't even make it that long. Oh, really? You yeah, didn't, didn't make did, it to the didn't season? Didn't make it to season. No. Were they upset that you didn't make it? Yeah. They were? Because they kind of, they didn't give out athletic scholarships. They ah. kind of, they kind of filed my scholarship under academic scholarships. Mm. So uh, they were like, we kind of went to bat for you and you shit the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Were you more of a swimmer or a diver? More of a diver at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. I spent my whole life swimming, but then like later on in high school, I was the only male diver uh, at, at Bearden. So. Yeah, I remember you in a Speedo somewhere in a picture. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Still got it somewhere. Did you, uh, did you, uh, uh, did you do gymnastics when you were a kid or dude you are on point right now well no i'm just wondering how you get into the diving game without like without so yeah my mom like we had a trampoline my whole life in the backyard Mm. and i was flipping all over the place and stuff my mom was like you need to just go ahead and go to the gym over here and do some trampoline stuff so i was uh they called it power tumbling i'm not even sure if that's still a thing anymore. i remember that but uh, yeah, it's like trampoline and rod floor and a little a little trampoline called double mini. And I, mm. I competed in that for a while and ended up getting second in the nation one wow. year uh, and then kind of started diving after that. Okay. It's crazy. It, it seems like it would translate. Kind of. Yeah. What kind, what kind of inverted uh, oh, uh, maneuvers are you doing in, oh, in high school, at the high school Not, level? Nothing crazy. Like double no, flips? Like you, it's like two not, and a halfs. Yeah, but nothing you would see on like TV on ESPN or anything. And how how tall of some or how high are, of something are you jumping off? Oh, just little guys, little springboards. Okay. okay. Yeah, like like the Carl Callen pool springboard. Three foot. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nothing crazy. It, it wasn't anything to brag about. That's for sure. It you wasn't. Know? I loved swimming. Swimming was my deal. Uh, just being on the team and the meets and all that fun stuff. It was great. I, I I always heard that you got to get up at like five thirty in the morning oh, and go bro. jump in a freezing cold pool before and after school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's always seemed like one of those very intense uh, disciplines. If you want to be a good swimmer, you got to really get in there. But for a slack ass like me, like having that structure was great. You know, it kept you out of the army. Accountability, (laughs) yeah, dude. My father tried to get me to join the Coast Guard so hard. Really? Yeah, because he he knew you needed. He's like, I don't want you in the military, military, but. You could go to the Coast Guard and get some good structure in your life, boy. He's like, you know? I can't control you. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to. Oh, dude. Well, yeah. so what happened after Transylvania uh, University? Came back home uh, in in disgrace, uh, head hung low, you know. And I've done that before. Yeah, moved back in with the parents. They had already sold my car off. They were like, you fucked up. You don't get a car. Uh, You're going to have to get I that worked, yourself. Yeah, dude. I worked at like Bilo for a minute and then... Uh, Worked at a store in the mall and met actually one of my oldest friends at that job, uh, Scott Burkett. I've known him for like 20, 20 years now. But uh, Working at the mall? Yeah. What we, was it? We like both a, worked one of the Hollis, Hollister. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to, I was going to Pellissippi at that point mm. and we worked, we worked there and I met him and we, we joined so up. So you did the retail racket. Did the retail racket wearing cut off sleeve shirts and all that goofy I shit. I bet you were great at that though, man. You got such a good personality. You can talk to anybody. Oh boy. I had to, I had to talk to all God's children to that job for you sure. You did. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so what were you studying at Pellissippi? Just uh, anything to get credits? Arts and sciences. Yeah. Yep. Getting, yep. Anything to stay out of the Coast Guard? Uh, I eventually got my associate's degree. Like I went I went to school off and on for another like 10 years. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I got my associate's at Pellissippi, went to UT for a hot minute for like two semesters. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, I, a buddy of mine, Kyle, uh, Kyle Prepashevsky, this a manager at Barley's and does all their booking and stuff like that. That's I, how you say that? Prepashevsky, yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. It's it's a whole name for sure. It's it's a lot. Not a yeah. lot of vowels. Yeah. But uh he ended up hitting me up. I was working at Prez Pub. This we kind of fast forward a little bit, but uh he was like, Hey, I'm I'm brewing beer over here at my house. I'd love to have a helper here once in a while. Do you want to come learn how to brew some beer? So mm. went over there and started home brewing with him. How old are you at this point? I was it was after I met Steph. No, I fast forwarded a lot. So I was like 24, 25, okay. something like that. Okay. I mean, that's not that's not yeah. too bad. So you got your associates from Pellissippi. Yeah. And then you were just kind of wandering around, around, figuring something to do. Yeah. You've worked at every bar in Knoxville. Is that right? Yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. and Niles. Oh, Niles. I love Niles. <laughs> me too. awesome. Oh, no, me He's too. a good one. Yeah. I, Fascinating, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. I've even seen you in a kilt at uh, Jig and Reel before. Yeah. So I just listened to the Sarah Perkle episode. Oh, yeah. From yeah, last week. Uh, yeah. She was talking about how she would do the open jam for the last mm. 10 years there. I opened Jig and Reel, so I was on that opening crew. So yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been homies by proxy with Sarah for a long time. Well, that opening crew... Uh, has gone on to do some great things. Mm. Yet not just you, mm. uh, but Aaron. Yeah, dude. I ran into Nate the other day. I haven't I, seen Nate in forever. I forget where I was. I might have been at Union Jacks. Mm. Ran into Nate with somebody. Nice. What's his last name? Uh, Tom. No, not Thompson. I don't remember. I don't. I forget. Uh, yeah, I it's forgot been a minute. And Aaron uh, that opened. Aaron Nelson. And, Aaron and Nelson. Jen Nelson. They yes. are now the Union Jacks uh, Union Place, and now uh, Union, Union Landing. Landing. Yeah. Yeah, they're building an empire, bro. They're that, awesome. So, I really, really love them a lot. Uh, my favorite, <clears throat> uh, my favorite restaurant tour slash bar owners in town. Uh, yeah, for sure, absolutely, and not just because they procured and resurrected the best bar in the world with Union Jacks. It's the first place I had a craft beer. Was it? Yep. Me, me too, probably. Yep. I think I was about nineteen. Yeah, drinking on a fake ID down there. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, yeah, Jeff and Anya that used to work there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I slipped one by them, man, because they were hard asses. But when I started coming in there when I was of age a few years later, they uh, they, they were still there. Mm. Val and Laura were at Union Jacks, yep. and that place was the smokiest, most Smoky, friendly dude. bar yep. in America. I love that they had those like ceiling fan ventilator things yep. that just didn't do a damn thing. The 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 uh, sm- <laughs> smoke eater, the yeah, theatrical, the theatrical smoke eaters that did nothing. They just looked like they were doing yep. something. Let's go smoke some cigarettes and throw some darts. Yeah, this is great. It was great, and yep. you'd be in there, and you're like, well, I. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not that smoky in here. And then you'd go home and, you know, everybody in your house after they woke up the next morning is like, what is that smell? Oh, yeah. It's your clothes oh, yeah. that you wore. Where were you? Dude, that place was such a gem then, but it's so much better now. They've done so much done better. Such a good job with and it. I thought, I, I thought that if you took the smoke and the, uh, dust out of Union Jacks, that it was going to lose its charm. <laughs> right. And, didn't yeah <laughs> it gained charm somehow yeah which is they, pol- they polished it up good they really did yeah. and it went through some it went through some hard times yeah. because it, it pat that used to own it i mean he had another job he just kind of had it on the side and everybody else ran it and, really yeah it was mm. just kind of like a 
neighborhood bar that the the bartenders kind of kept going mm. and all that mm-hmm. and it had a great following mm-hmm. and there's I, a lot of good west Osville bars like that though like are back, backdoor tavern is now mm. it's remained open because of the regulars like it, they, it did it closed for like yeah, a month yeah. and then the regulars pulled their money together yeah. and, and Dude, resurrected I, I it, think right? that's so fucking cool i think it's awesome yeah and then union <clears throat> place that aaron yep Aaron opened not long after yep. after he opened Union Jacks. That place is awesome too. Killing it. Yeah, and that's one of those cursed buildings that has never been able to make it. it. But Union Place is here for to here to stay. Dude, man. I hope so. They've killed it over there. It's such a cool design. Like all the different rooms you can go into. Like all yes, right, I don't. I want people to leave me alone. So I'm going to go over here. Exactly. You know? They leaned <clears> into uh, the chopped up nature of it, which like, is crazy these days. You want like most places want to be as open as possible. Yeah, they just kind of embraced it. And I think that's probably why it didn't really work great for the restaurants. For like that Italian restaurant yeah, or whatever it was exactly yeah. and then like <laughs> yeah. a, a some kind of latin restaurant before right. that yeah. too yeah. it's like it's so chopped up but they just they're like okay this room over here is blocked off poker room <laughs> this one over here blocked off let's uh game room dartboards yep. pool tables okay cool yep the the patio is one of the best gorgeous. around gorgeous it's amazing absolutely me and sarah <clears throat> a couple of years ago right when union place opened we did a uh we did a for our anniversary. We did like a Hamburg bar crawl. We started at Union Place. We went to a uh, uh, Backdoor Tavern. After that, uh-huh. we went to Brickyard. Uh huh. And then we went to Stillhouse. Yep. And then we were at Stillhouse. And we were like, it's time to go home, dude. They're doing some bar hops over there now. Are like, they? Yeah, yeah. Dylan over at the Brickyard's been murdering it over there. Yeah. I mean, that's those those that little pocket of of dive bars, not dive bars, but like good little joints. Yes. It's it's nice to see. I've always thought Hamburg was one of the coolest little areas in knoxville that really never kind of found any footing Mm. um i mean you had naples over there you had the orangery but those were kind of like you know long arm west knoxville kind of it didn't feel accessible yeah to dirt bags like us yeah 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 you know uh and then you know they opened lululemon over there and you're like oh here we go and and anthropology (laughs) Anthropology, yeah yeah, and a chick-fil-a you know down the street and you're like oh boy if you build it they will come yeah exactly but it still has maintains like all those cool little neighborhood pockets it's such a cool little walkable area yeah such a cool neighborhood yeah um, it's, it's really great, but uh, well, Union Landing. So that's out. Cats out of the bag on Cats Union out of Landing. the bag. Yeah, they announced it on on the Facebooks and everything. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's over at. It was called PJ's Landing. Now yeah. it's called Louisville Landing. Maybe Landing, something Marina. else. Yeah, that yeah. was my first job. No shit. Working at that restaurant. Nice. So that building where Union Landing is going was yeah. my first job ever. I was 14 years old. Uh-huh. I was too young to drive, uh-huh. but we lived across the lake in Mariners Point. Remember? Yeah, I do remember. And so my parents would <laughs> let me take the boat. To work, so I would That's get on. The, I was too young to drive, so I would get in the boat and I would drive the boat to Louisville Landing, tie it up, work a shift in the kitchen, man, and then take the boat home in the dark. Man, Mariner's afterwards. Point. That's right. It's, so, uh, Haley McCabe and all them yeah. lived over there. Yeah. The Crooks. Yeah, my wife lived there. Yes. Yeah. So Sarah is Andy's sister. Yeah, yeah. What a family. Like, Best family ever, dude. High school sucked. Like I didn't. Yeah. I was not one of those people that enjoyed the days of high school. But the crooks, Andy and his dad, mm. were just the sweetest people. They're like, the best they were dudes always on planet just Earth. Super, super nice. No matter what. Yeah. Good family. I'm married into an awesome family. Yeah, for sure. My brother-in-law and my father-in-law, Jim's mother-in-law, awesome. Yes, everybody's awesome. doing great, awesome. man. Of That's course. good to hear. Yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky as can be. Yeah, Andy Crook and like Thomas Krajewski. Yeah, were two that stick out as like. Just gems. I ran into Thomas Krajewski yeah. the other day. Yeah, I've seen him recently. He's great. Yeah, he's he's doing great yeah. too. That's, that's nuts, man. <laughs> oh. But didn't you? Did you host like a boxing oh thing in the yard? Yes, I did. I had a box. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, we did we a did, couple of those. We did do a couple of those. In different places. Yes, like backyard boxing matches. Yeah. That, that really- That's the first time I've ever, first and only time I've ever thrown a punch. Really? Was at that thing in your backyard. How'd and you I, do? I won. Oh, nice. Yeah, I knocked somebody out. Really? I know who it was, but I won't say it. Okay. <laughs> I about got knocked out by a kid who was much smaller than me who I'd never met before. And he, I mean, we're not he, fighting people. That's weird for us to be in a ring with some boxing gloves on trying to knock somebody out. Yeah. You know, well, we're I have 16, no 17 idea. years yeah. old. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It kind of spilled over into some real, like... <laughs> this is shit I haven't thought about in 20 years. I know. This is nuts. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd and that, like to that think... island at Mariner's Point, we would, mm. we would set up camp over there. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. It's like a peninsula thing. That's where we learned to camp. Yeah. Yeah. You paddle your boat over there yep. and camp out and maybe have a couple brewskis that your yep. parents don't know about yep. and, and, and move on. Yep. Well, when did, speaking of brewskis, mm. when did beer start to become like a focus for you for me it was uh working at prez pub mm. like my whole modern life is owed to prez pub i worked there for five years really from like oh seven to 12 yeah uh so they obviously had like i guess like 16 maybe taps at that time I and mean, it was just one level just the main bar uh mm. and they would have some pretty good rotation of beers and i've i've first got on to like sierra nevada pale ale that yeah. was that was my first. That's the gateway drug Dude, for a lot of people, man. So good. I thought yeah. it, I thought it tasted like shit at first, really, because I, I didn't know what a, a bitter hoppy beer should taste yeah, like. Yeah, I just thought it tasted gross. But right. then I grew into it. and I was like, oh, this is this is the good shit. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's it's a different taste than any cheap beer that we were buying on fake IDs in college yep. or whatever. Yeah, you know the Miller Lights that natural light let's yep. be honest yep and then you taste something like that and it's like what is this yep and this then, wine and then fat tire came to tennessee mm. and then yingling, and then was yingling came over yeah yep. i was smuggling yingling across north carolina border for a long time were you i was doing the same just because we couldn't get it it's not good right. but we couldn't get it so yeah i remember well. doing the same thing with sweetwater uh because it was in north carolina it yeah. was in Asheville before yeah. it ever came here like a couple years before it ever came here but same thing like regional craft brewery Mm-hmm. was not really a thing right and getting them distributed to a small college <laughs> to market. backwards tennessee yeah. yeah our our alcohol laws back then were you know they're not great now but they were really weird back then really you, you couldn't there's the sin tax or whatever so our beer was taxed really high mm. uh you couldn't brew if you were a brewery without a uh, liquor permit you couldn't brew anything over 10.1 percent like it was wow no it, back then it was 6.25 that's right that makes that so makes 6. more 6. sense. So six point two five percent was the highest you could brew a beer. Well, what could you sell? Percentage. Like, couldn't you not sell a beer over six percent in Tennessee for a while? Yeah, so it, it's been a long time, but I, it was there was actually a big movement by the Tennessee Brewers Guild to get those laws changed, and they they did a hell of a job. Really? Yeah. So now it's ten point one percent and below. And you, if you ever hear anybody say the Tennessee ten point one, it means it's actually higher than ten point one, mm, but they just label it. 10.1. It's like a baker's dozen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, this whole movement kind of sprung up around that time that you're talking about, yeah. 2007. Yeah. So you're at Preservation Pub. You're drinking uh, uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Scott West is in jail at the time, right? Or yeah. in prison so at the I, time. When I started, uh, Bernadette still had a year and Scott still had three years left on their sentences. Uh, so who was running the pub? Jill Tennant and Hal Land were running yeah. it at that time. Yep. And uh, Jenny 
Prater was booking the music. She was murdering it, dude. Really? Like, well, it was such a scene. It was incredible. So, Prez Pub never really skipped a beat during that time. I haven't talked to anybody who was really around. So, yeah, I ca- when I came in, they were already away. So, yeah. it was kind of like, you know... Scott let's, and let's, Bernadette were in prison. They were already gone. Yeah. So, it was kind of like, okay, let's kind of band together and hold this thing, keep it afloat. Uh, so, it was... I always say... <laughs> I love Scott and Bernadette. By the way, that episode with Scott, I worked. I texted you that day. I was like, I worked for that man and his company for five years, and I learned more in that hour interview than I ever knew working for him really? about that guy. That was fascinating. Good. It man. was awesome. <clears throat> yeah, uh, he was. It was great to me. I never met him before that. He's night. he's a hoot. He was here till three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we hung out and talked for <laughs> for four more hours after the podcast was over. Man, he's he's a he's a smart cookie for sure. He really is. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. to. And, you know, if, if nothing else, I mean, you can tell he's clearly got a chip on his shoulder that he is, he really, really wants to succeed and, and, and silence a bunch of critics. Yeah. But I also think like he loves this town so much that he just Mm. wants to see it grow Yeah, and he wants to be a real part of that growth. For sure. There's definitely that side of it where he's like, fuck all you people that were against me for this. But yeah. At the same time, it's just like, let's, let's kill it. Let's make yeah. it feel this much better. You, you know? need that. You need like a positive kind of ringleader yeah. uh, for, to, for a community to rally around. And, you know, the fact that ours happens to be a little bit of a bad boy is just no problem, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but when you were there, so pr- when he, when he went off pr- and, and Bernadette went off, Press Pub was still one floor. Still one floor. Uh, second place only to Union Jacks for smokiest bar in America. Smoky dive bar. It was, yeah. it was phenomenal. But dude. music every single night. Every right? night of the week. Yep. And, and I Jen, cannot and believe they kept that up. Jenny Prater was booking the music and uh you know, I started out as a door guy there in 07. I would bring my I would bring my old family dog, Brewski. She would like work the door with yeah. me. It was phenomenal. I loved it. And I would, ended up working my way up to cocktail server and then bartender and you know, I I met my wife there. Uh Was I'm, she working there or was no, she a patron? She was, no, she was a patron. She That's was awesome. she was my crush in high school. I'm like a walking nerd movie. It's great. Was she was she a a, a bearden person? She was a bearden lady. Okay. She was a senior when I was a sophomore. She okay. was Stephanie Cowell back then. Okay. Uh, she was the one back in high school. You really? Know? So then, like ten years later, she started coming into press pub and. I guess took a liking to me and started coming back to see me every once in a while. There you go. But of course, I'm chicken as all get out. So her friends eventually had to convince me to to kind of approach her and ask her out but well that's kind of like a, a a softball down the middle you know or like a fastball down the middle when her friends are like hey man yeah you quit, need to do something an idiot yeah, yeah. you yeah, need to do something great. about this it was great so that was 2008 we've been together 14 years now it's amazing Crazy. man yeah super cool yeah and this so this whole like craft beer movement is starting around this time yeah so like i said while i was working there kyle was like hey come help me out so that's when i started learning a lot more about the science of beer and how to brew it and Mm. we would brew beer two three times a week and we would have these these parties and and logan wentworth ended up joining us too a good buddy of mine that i i ended up kind of haranguing into going with me and then he kind of fell in love with the craft as well so the three of us were running a little underground brewing company called legit brew oh yeah i remember legit yeah that was us were you guys opening that below scruffy city hall at one point that was the thing that logan and scott and bernadette were gonna do i have no idea what happened never got permitted never got never got they got tanks down there at some point and then it kind of stopped progressing it was under the stage wasn't it yeah yeah that's so speakeasy style (laughs) yeah i don't know what happened there but it would have been cool yeah yeah logan was brewing some great beer man 
But uh, so we were doing that and we would have these parties. Uh, we called them brouhaha's and we would have like, you know, Jenny Andrews was on the show. Sure. We would go to her property and hold these parties in her backyard. You know, the two houses that shared the, the same yard. Yeah. The compound. Yeah. We would have like 300, 400 people out there. I'd have it catered. Man. We'd have it. Uh, Logan would book bands for it. We would just charge everybody like 20 bucks a head for all the beer they wanted, all and, the food they wanted. And you would serve them up homebrew. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. We would have, I, I, we built a bar and had four taps on it and we would just serve beer all night. It was great. <laughs> Dude, we would serve like- we, so at that time we had like, I think 12 or 14 of these, we call them corny cases, these little five yeah. gallon Corneli- home, home Cornelius. Cases. Cornelius cases. Yeah, yeah. They were old soda cakes yeah. back in the day. But we would we would burn through them, dude, and we'd have to go back out to Kroger and buy like PBR and shit. Yeah. So why were those why are those Cornelius kegs good for uh, good for homebrewing? Because they like they have a hole in the top that you can actually. So fill there's up. there's three main things that are bad for beer. There's oxygen, light, and heat. Okay. So if you can keep them cold, you don't have to worry about heat. If you can keep your beer away from oxygen, which the Cornelius keg, you 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 store your beer under pressure. You hook it up to CO2 line and ah. the CO2 pressurizes it, gets all the oxygen out of there. Okay. So it, it's really good for freshness of your beer. And then obviously it's they're metal, so you no lights getting in there. Right. So it's they're at that time nobody was brewing was home brewing beer. So we would find mm. them really cheap. Uh now they're like, I don't know, they're like sixty bucks a piece to find oh, wow. on the used market, I guess. But uh and which part of the process takes place in, in a keg? Because don't you, you actually... That's the end of it. That's the end of it. Yeah, that's finished beer goes in and you pressurize it in that keg. Yeah. Yeah. So didn't you at some point uh, start to get real nerdy about the beer and decide you wanted to go to school for it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Kyle and Logan and I, we went, well, life happened. We, we weren't able to brew as often together. So I was just like, well, I, I fucking love doing this. So... South College was starting up their professional brewing sciences program, so I was I was I signed up to be the first class through the charter class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is now the Brewing and Distilling Center mm. was back then South College's professional brewing sciences program. Is that guy is that Todd? Todod. Yeah, I met I, I, I Todd, met that Dr. guy. Dr. Todd White. He is yeah. Dude, you should have him on. He's he's killer. Yeah, I he's, talked to him one time. He's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he, once, you know, he got tired of the bureaucracy of South College and started his own school. So now it's it's in my neighborhood. Yeah. Brewing, brewing and Distilling Center. It's so, awesome. So did how long did South College have a program and what was the program like? three years. Okay. I think total, uh, maybe four. And uh, how long was it and what do you like learn to do? It's like six months intensive. So. Okay. So since, it's, it's, since it was part of South College, we had to do all kinds of prerequisites, chemistry, like all that oh, kind of stuff. Shit, was it accredited? Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, a professional certificate in no certif uh, some kind of certificate in professional brewing sciences. So okay. I'm, I'm a certified brewer. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And South College is like Sarah went to South College yeah. and got her doctorate in physical therapy. There. Lots of physical therapy and like radiology at that school yeah, for sure. It's a yeah. private school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's expensive. Well, because of all of my other schooling, I had all the prerequisites knocked out. Nice. <laughs> so, so you didn't have to take, you got the Pellissippi deal there on was the prereqs. A, there was an advantage to running around all over the place being <laughs> stupid about school, but uh, I did have some prerequisites knocked out. So, I mean, it was very expensive, but uh, nowadays Brewing Distilling Center, it's like half of that cost. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Gotcha. Yeah. So what did you come out of there knowing? Everything about beer? Like the I mean, science it, behind it? You know, right. did you learn anything also about uh, uh, about the business side of it too while you were there? That's the one thing that I would say was like 
the best thing I took away from it was was the business side of things. Their business mm. classes were throughout the whole program. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. You know, the chemistry stuff, uh, brewing is definitely a science and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so that was good to know. I had already been brewing for, you know, five or six years at that point. So the practical knowledge of it, I... I, I had a lot of that already, mm. but like, you know, here's, here's what Tennessee's laws are when you want to set up a brewery. Here's uh, how to write a business plan, all that right. kind of stuff. It was set up to be like, okay, you're going to go out from this program and start your own brewery. That's the path. So mm. we're going to try and help you out to do that uh, coming out of school. That's great. Yeah, it was cool. And did you guys get to uh, get your hands dirty while you were in school? A there? little bit. So as the guinea pig class, it was the, the. We were we were the guinea pigs. It, yeah. it wasn't really set up all the way for us yet. So, yeah, they were like, if we make if we make booze here, these kids we might go to jail. Yeah. So yeah. Marty Vellis back then was our head instructor. Okay. So he and would, he's famous. He's for Vellis Hellas, dude. He uh, he started brewing uh, back in the seventies in California with the guy that started Sierra Nevada. Wow. He's forgotten more about beer than I'll ever know. I mean, it's crazy. Sure. He's a, he's a God amongst brewers, but, uh, I remember hearing his name, like when my dad was ordering beers in the nineties yeah. at, at Cherokee or yeah. at, uh, at, uh, Calhoun's and all that. So Mike Chase and then brought him over to be their consultant for the brewery side of things okay. for, for Calhoun's. Did and they then, brew all that stuff on Bearden Hill? Back then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the first one. So he was the consultant setting it up, decided to stick around, uh, has been in East Tennessee ever since. And now he is running fanatic. Yeah. Uh, but so he was our head instructor over there. Uh, really invaluable dude to have as an instructor for sure. I bet. Yeah. He's awesome too. Is have you he? talked to that guy? No, but I've seen, I, I've, I've watched him. I, I went to, I think Cruz Contreras did like a private concert at mm. uh, fanatic brewing. Nice. And Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And Marty is his name. Marty's first name. Yep. He was there and I was watching him talk to people and I was like, oh man, I expected this guy to just be some like hermit nerd. That's, that a, because, that's a handsome devil, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a good looking dude. He's a handsome dude, engaging, yep. charismatic. Yep. It's like, heck yeah, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. I thought he was just this, this invisible guy oh. that's been famous for making this, this hellas <laughs> for yeah. years. Yeah. He's yeah. awesome. He's yeah. so much fun to hang out with for yeah. sure. Okay. So that was, that's some, like, that's learning from the best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was great. And the person really, I mean, was anybody who else besides I guess Calhoun's downtown grill and brewery? Yeah, so back then it was really just those two and then Sawworks. So mm. most most of my hands-on stuff was working at Sawworks, like volunteering. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I talked to Alan Sims <laughs> about the Sawworks thing. I was I was talking to him and I was like, Oh, that was kind of a you know, I was reading some you know story about Saw. He was like, Yeah, that was my that was my story. Uh -huh. I was like, Yeah, that was an that was a legit like investigative journalism. That was a piece. juicy article. It was yeah. juicy. Yeah. Was it, it all true? It yeah. I'm sure it is. I mean, he yeah. has journalistic integrity. You know, it's a shame. They they had all the workings to be like the the godfather of Knoxville beer, you know. Yeah. Uh, and back when I was volunteering there, uh a guy named Dave Omer was the head brewer. He has since moved on to be the brewer at uh, Whole Foods Brewery in Houston. I think they have. It's like their only in-house brewery. They at, make their at own a Whole Foods. beer? Yeah. It's nice. like a little homebrew setup, kind of. I, I'm, I what was his it's name? like three barrels or something like that. Dave Omer. Okay. He was awesome. He knew his shit. He brewed great beer. Uh, and then some turnover happened and... Things just kind of started to go downhill from there. So didn't they also bring in some rock star brewer from St. Louis or something like That's that? That's the guy from the article, yeah. Uh, I thought there was a female uh, involved. Jen was the original 
uh, head brewer at Marble, Marble City. City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so because this story goes back before back. Sawworks, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so like the beginnings of uh, uh, Brewers Jam really was like they were part of that. Hmm. They had some some beer that like they, I think they were most known for their like their pumpkin ale or something like that. That was all the rage back then. Marble you know? City was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I don't. I'm not sure the exact chronological order of what happened. But well, I remember the first when when I first thought. Everybody was pumped about Marble City mm-hmm. Brewing coming because it was not Calhoun's. It was not downtown Grill and Brewery. And it was in the building that New Knox Brewery was in. Right. Which, from my childhood, when I was underage, that was like the coolest place to go to drink yeah, a good beer. because nobody else made craft exactly. beer but those guys. Yep. And they didn't have a restaurant. They, did yep. they have a tap room or anything? Or they had they a tap just, room. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then they took over New Knox Brewery. Yeah. Marble City comes in. It's almost like this rebirth savior moment yep. of like, oh my gosh, like the, there's this brand with a great logo yep it's got good beer yeah it's distributed well across town and i want to i want to say that was like 2006 yeah maybe i'd say that or maybe maybe a little later but not too far like somewhere in there yeah and then uh and then they got cease and desisted by yeah by marble brewery Brewery. new mexico yes yeah and they had to change the <laughs> yeah. name and they lost all of the branding momentum yep. and all of that stuff. And yep. it was just like, I remember when that happened, yep. I thought it was big news. No, it was big news in the whole brewing industry. Cause was it? back then people weren't really getting sued for their IP in the brewing industry. And really? then it started to get a little bit competitive. Like, Hey, don't, don't tread on our turf. This is, you're trying to steal our name here. Yeah, so, but wait, Marble dude, Marble Brewing's in New Mexico? Other side of the country. Nobody was doing national distribution back then. And we actually have a reason to call something yeah. the Marble, yeah. Marble City Brewing? Yeah, just Marble. Give me a break. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so the way the way that I assume the story went, and I don't know, I, I have no idea because I don't know that it's documented. I'm sure it is somewhere in court records, but like, I'm sure they just said we can either fight this and spend a bunch of money, yeah. or we can just comply and change and and like yeah. and pivot. Yeah, because it even seems if, even like if you win, the the lawyers' fees and that are just going to be. But outrageous. I feel like yeah. they could have won. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of breweries who have or IP is tricky, man. Especially really? especially in the brewing industry and, and the alcohol industry in general. Uh, even more so now. Like if I. So I did the homebrewing thing agenda or whatever. So yeah, that that was your brand. Yeah. Later on. But trying to name that is like, okay, what word isn't associated with a brewery or distillery or winery? Like you can't, you can't even encroach on anybody's IP at all. And I'm sure that everybody had the fear of God in them around here of what would happen if you did. It sticks with you. Yeah. Yeah, First uh, front front row seat to that yeah. actually happening to yeah. a ba- to a brand that was on the up and up yeah. and that was on the rise and then it seems like that was almost like the high water mark yeah kind of and the whole the whole no publicity is bad publicity thing that's not true because that wasn't good right <laughs> they're rebranding their rebranding was okay sawworks they did all right you know yeah. until they didn't do all right yeah, and and that that article, which I should I should find that article, dig it up because it was fascinating to read. It was it's a page turner, man. Yeah, yeah it was a page turner, and you're like, it, it felt like it, it felt like one of those like front page of the Boston Globe stories that they've been working on for six months. That Alan Sims, he's a gem that must be protected. Yes, at all costs. That's true. And God, I talked and I, I talked to him guy. about a uh, about um an investigative story. I had lunch with him probably six months ago to talk to him about. Not an investigator. I wanted to talk to him about the Butcher Brothers. Mm-hmm. I wanted to 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 
Dude, put. that's the first time I've ever heard about that was on this podcast. Really? When you were talking about it. I had never heard that story Have at all. Have you looked into it at nope, all? No, not recently? since then, but that's fascinating. Yeah, it's super fascinating. And uh, and I, I talked to him about it because I think that people find it interesting. Mm. Knoxvillians don't like to talk about it because so many people got burned in 1982 by Crazy. the Butcher Brothers. Crazy. And I, I want... Uh, I, there's a lot of folks that I know around here who are very adjacent to that case, who worked on the case who uh, were victims of, of the bank fraud and all that. Uh, but, I was, but I was talking to Alan Sims because I wanted to kind of put something together. Um, like a little podcast miniseries? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what it, what it kind of came down to. And he was like, man, I would love to help you. And he's like, I have done two or three investigative journalism stories, the Sawworks one being uh -huh. one, the munitions, uh, the, the uh, uh, place in... Uh, the old city that was selling all the like oh, yeah. 50 what caliber. What the hell was yeah. that? That was all crazy. That. And, and um, he was like, man, I love doing that stuff. He's uh. like, it just takes so long to do it, to do for one, you know, story. And he has to be spread so thin already. Yeah. He's already know? working so hard yeah. to get, you know, to go around and, and keep his ear to the ground and yeah. find the right stories that uh, pertain to downtown and get them, you know, get them out there yeah. um, to where I, I, I just don't, don't feel like it's, uh, a worthwhile endeavor, at least for what for what uh, Knoxville Urban oh, guy we should, is. We should plug what he's doing, by the way. What's his What's his uh, uh, inside of Knoxville? Inside of Knoxville, yeah, Knoxville God, Urban guy, the best, the best. Yeah. Um, this is the second. Speaking of the best, oh, this yeah. is the second five gallon bucket full of beer that's ever been in the shop. Zach Roscop was the first. My man, Zach Roscop. So is this an homage to it, Zach? It sure is. Absolutely. <laughs> I've got I've got three thousand coolers at my house, but I'm like coming here. I was like, I got to carry on the tradition of Zach Roscop. So I brought a five gallon bucket full of beer. Oh, Would you gosh. like an IPA, a sour, or a crispy boy? Uh, crispy boy. All right. But and these these are all. Uh, I believe you told me all these uh, are from. Uh, yeah. Central Feeling Station. That's is right. That right. That's right, dude. That whole uh, that whole world that you are in right now is <laughs> is so exciting. There's uh, there's a few things going on. Really, it's, uh, it's it's weird, man. Like I've always been a busy guy, but I've always been busy doing like one thing. You know. Cheers, some AS crispy boy ASMR here. Yeah, get it. Oh yeah, sounds good on That's those SM sevens. Cheers, oh, cheers. Oh. Oh, is that that was a super technical jargon word there? Mm. It's a microphone. Oh, word. Yeah, well, SM7B. Good, good for you, SM7s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Yeehaw Pilsner. Mm, American Pilsner. See, this is my speed, dude. This is the pro this is this is this fills uh, a, a spot for me that most craft breweries can't hit, and that is, you know, the reason uh, Clinch River Brewing made a regular beer. For the people in Norris, like that's what they called it, was mm -hmm. a regular beer because so many people came in and they're like, "I want a regular beer. I don't want a brown ale. I yeah. don't. I don't want an IPA. I want yeah. a regular beer." And God, isn't that place amazing? It's the best. Oh, it's the it's best. It's so good. It is. Their food's incredible. Their beer is top notch. That yes. atmosphere is just unbelievable. You're on the banks of the Clinch River. It was. Is, it was a fishery. It was a yeah, kind of thing. It, it like was, a research. Yes, deal. it was a research center. They've got water piped in from the Clinch River. So mm. cold water. The Clinch River is super cold yep. because it comes out of the bottom of Norris Dam, which is yep. 200 feet deep in some places. Yep. So uh, the water comes out of the bottom of Norris. It's in the 50 degree yep. world, which is like can sustain trout populations, yep. which most uh, which trout can't survive in uh, higher 
uh, temp waters. I think it's because of dissolved oxygen levels. I'm mm. not sure about that. Mm. But so what Clinch River Brewing does, they have that trout pond mm-hmm. behind it in the yeah. in the beer garden area. Yeah. And they pipe water in from the Clinch River that's 50 degrees and have a trout pond with brook trout and rainbow trout living in Dude, the pond so that you rad. can feed. <laughs> and you got you got Brandon Cruz in the kitchen, one, Who, of the, one of the best chefs in Knoxville. Sunspot forever. Sunspot forever. Right? Dude. Bu- uh, built the menu at the Sunspot. <laughs> yeah. The one that we love. The one that I worked at, the really? old school Sunspot. Yeah, you worked, yeah. Surprisingly. Sure yeah. you worked there. Um, yeah. And then uh, Alex out there brewing who learned from Jordan Skeen. I mean, yeah. she's killing the beer over there. Yeah, and and from what I from what I, I went out there and shot some stuff with Jordan and Alex and mm-hmm. um Alex didn't know anything about brewing, I don't think. Right. When she, she started she came from a distilling background, I Did think. Did she? I think so. But her uncle Brian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rest in peace, my mm-hmm. man, loved me some Brian. I didn't know him personally, but I've he heard didn't. amazing things. He was yeah. an amazing person. Yeah. The sweetest man. Yeah. Um I, I think he, they were fa- family, maybe niece or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Hey, you want to, you want to come learn how to brew beer? Yep. And it was that when they started that, uh, uh, when Brian and Lisa started Clinch River Brewing, uh, I, I think they wanted to make it kind of a family thing. I think yep. their nephew maybe made the the logo. Oh, really? Uh, which is awesome. Nice. Yeah. By the way, Absolutely. The, the hop fish. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but I don't think Alex knew much about brewing when she went there. And Jordan. Jordan was a fucking baller, dude. Badass yeah. brewer, dude. Yeah. She taught my uh, uh, BJCP class of beer judge certification program. Mm. And she just ran down every style of beer for us. We sampled all the beers. And just to absorb her knowledge was awesome. Amazing. She's in North Carolina now, I think. Yeah. I know she came from, I think, Oscar Blues, yep. where she was like a QC person yep. or something yeah. like that. She was doing she the was, lab stuff. Yeah. Legit yep. tasting yep. and testing beer and yep. thumbs upping or thumbs downing. Yep. It. Yeah. Baller. Baller. Yes. For sure. Back to it. Sorry. Uh, th- that, <laughs> We're going to go this, on a lot of tangents around here. <laughs> this is why... Uh, this is the the hole in the marketplace that has needed to be filled for a long time, which is a, a like a craft pilsner or craft a craft uh, crispy beer, like you said, light beer, that, light beer with a backbone. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of good a lot of good different tastes in there. You know, there's a good malt profile and crispy hop taste. It's good. We, yeah. This is our we we. So I also work for Yeehaw Brewing Company, but we also uh, we used to brew a pilsner. And we that's back when we were bottling beer. So now we have, we've redone the recipe, released it in cans. It's now in Knoxville, and it is phenomenal. Is this on the shelves now? It is. Yeah. Yeehaw Pills. Yeah, man. And it's orange and white, baby. It sure is. So you can take it's it's ready for game day game already. Day beer. Yeah, man. It is. How did you get tied up with Yeehaw? Because they were around before you, right? That's By right. A little bit. A little bit. So, uh, brewing school. I met Todd Wakefield, who, uh, oh, yeah. so we, he opened Hops and Hollers. Yes. We opened it together. I was the general manager there. Yeah. Manager, bartender kind of deal. Uh, worked there for a year and a half, getting it set up and running. And, uh, you know, I had been in the service industry for like 15, 18 years at that point, mm. And I was kind of tired of being behind the bar. So I kind of put some feelers out there to get a craft beer job. Uh, wherever I could, I uh, talked to my my beer distributors, and it came down the pipe that a little brewery out of Alabama was looking for a sales rep in East Tennessee called Blue Pants. So I signed on with Blue Pants Brewery. I remember this. Worked with them for six months or so. Got them a lot of tap handles around town. Wow. Uh, caught the attention of Jeremy Walker that was 
started Yeehaw with the beard guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he was the like sales director for Yeehaw when okay. we opened up. So you're at Hobson Hollers for yep. a, a year and a half or so. Yeah. And then uh, you've already made all these inroads in the craft beer industry and the service industry and all that, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And then so an out of town company who has no local presence. Yeah says we need somebody who can get our beer in local bars in Knoxville. Is that kind of how it went? They, man. So they had done such a good job on the marketing side of things. Blue when Pants? Opened up. No, uh, Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Okay. Are we talking about Blue Pants or Yeehaw? Well, I was saying that talking about Blue Pants. when you started working for Blue Pants, yes. they, they kind of found you from they had, out of town and they had no presence in Knoxville. There was a guy that worked before me as that sales rep. Uh, he had moved on and they needed somebody else. Okay. But they were not doing great in the market. Yeah. So I, I But you helped on. them out. Yep. And then you parlayed that into a gig with Yeehaw. Caught the attention okay. of Yeehaw. So gotcha. Jeremy and Jeremy Walker and Sarah Dixon and Margaret Stolfi, uh, Margaret and uh Jesse that run Mill and Mine and mm. uh Kaizen Taco Taco. Taco, Taco. Yeah. Margaret ran she was the controller of Yeehaw. She mm. she ran the back of the, the back end of things. She's just a baller she's she's fascinating you should talk to her okay but, uh, so they had built this company out of thin air uh joe baker who's the owner of yeehaw started old smoky distillery mm. um then wanted to branch off from the liquor side of things and start a brewery okay. so he was looking at real estate all over east tennessee had to be east tennessee because that's where he's from he's from Sevier county um found uh, a little gym in Johnson City. Uh, there was nothing going on in Johnson City at the time. Real estate was super cheap. He bought like three square blocks, um, and one of those buildings was where Yeehaw is now. It's a uh, 1852 train station. It's right. It's it it it's almost like downtown built up around that. It's crazy, brewery, right? Yeah, yeah. Downtown that, Johnson I mean, it was City, a ghost town, dude. Yeah, I remember going there back in the day. And be like, what is happening here? You know, there was really nothing i mean you know the central flats and taps guys had uh 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 taco shop up there what's it called um holy taco and there were some other things going on downtown but really not a whole lot at all um so they went in there set up a, a true distribution brewery uh put a lot of money into it but joe baker i'm just a big fanboy of this guy i mean he uh started a, a law practice in Sevier county and did the whole bootstrap thing and then started a started a distillery got laws changed to make that possible because you couldn't you couldn't set up a distillery back then i mean a, a moonshine distillery back then so he made it happen and uh jumped into the brewery game and built a, a big old brewery in johnson city so wasn't there some <sighs> old smoky and sugarlands both kind of sugarlands came later right yes and was there any relationship or was there like a, somebody split off and started Sugarlands or I felt like there was some kind of really serious competition between the two. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I love all the, all, all the Sugarlands people. Yeah. Like dude, Brent Thompson. Love that man. Amazing. Yeah. But didn't old Smokey, did, did that ultimately sell to a different company or does he still own it? The it's convoluted, but he sold some portion of the company. Okay. But he's got partners now. Yes, but he's still still in the family. Okay. Yeah. And it's still in Sevier County or somewhere? Gatlinburg, Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge and Nashville. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that's still a, that's still a functional yep. like local brand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but worldwide. 
Yeah, they're, but they're in like forty-four countries. They're it's huge bananas. Yeah. Man, I was on the I was on the uh, uh, like the fourth uh, the fourth turn at Bristol. They've got that um, Banks and Bruce. Yeah, is that oh, what is oh, that what the name a, of the building? The, the bar? rooftop bar. Yeah, the rooftop Dude. bar that's in, in the infield. <laughs> yeah. So I was there uh, at the race, like I don't know, five or six years ago. Yeah. And, uh, was there like a wolf or something? Did like you come that? see us at uh, the fan zone or whatever? We had our whole setup down there. There was a huge old smoky setup Dude. that was hanging out at the bar. Those races were so much fun. I would yes. go. I would, I ran our operation outside of the stadium. It was called the fan zone. We had like a shipping container that was built into a bar. Yes, I remember. Giant it. inflatable yeehaw can like. Dude, just slinging beers yes. down there. It was so much fun. Yes. And they could give us passes. We can go wherever we want. Yeah. And that rooftop bar in the infield was a hoot. It was. <laughs> it, <laughs> was it was an old smoky rooftop, so we yeah. got all the free liquor we wanted. Sure. Dude. I think you had to have the hot pass to get in yeah, there, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was so there's this like distilling framework that was already set. Yeah. So there was already kind of it's not like he was a lawyer trying to start a brewing company. He already had some experience. He'd already going, been put through his paces for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's and already that, a little that framework. company went worldwide in two years. Mm. I mean, just nuts. So like different industries, same kind of framework, kind of. But, uh, but yeah, Jeremy Walker, my homie, like my big brother, he ended up uh, coming to me and saying, hey, why don't you switch over to Yeehaw? He just needed somebody else to drive that van, didn't he? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Dude, I've had like six different Yeehaw vehicles at this point. Have you really? Yeah. So when did you start working for Yeehaw? What year was that? That was, actually today is my sixth year anniversary with Yeehaw. Cheers. Hey. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Wow. So you've been there the whole time then? They were like six months into it when I signed on. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so they're a Johnson City kind of, that's where the foothold started. Yep. And then uh, didn't White Duck Taco move in? White Duck Taco set up their second ever location. The first one's in Asheville. In the Johnson City Brewery. Yeah. Asheville was their first one. And it's amazing. Super sick. That's how I knew about White Duck. I went to Johnson City. I was like, what do you mean? White Duck's a chain? No, (laughs) it's not. (laughs) It's like a mom and pop in Asheville. It's like, no, they have two. <laughs> Joe Baker is really good at making making those contacts, man. Very he, persuasive. Uh, <laughs> yep. He made it happen for sure. So White Duck moved in. Super badass uh, train station kind of brewery deal. Great place to hang out. And then, uh, you know, most of the sales focus was around the Knoxville area and Chattanooga at that point. It, it, when you say sales focus, you mean... Um, uh, not necessarily yeehaw brick and mortars, but getting it into getting it on taps and, exactly. and, and off-premise so, sales uh, other places. Like, uh, the a common thing I've heard about yeehaws, we're a marketing company that happens to brew beer, yeah. and that's pretty accurate. Like you we're, know, we're really good at marketing. So there are there are very smart entrepreneurs out there who would argue that every company is a marketing mm. company mm-hmm. if you're doing it right. Mm. If you're not marketing, if you're not making content every single day, if you're yeah. not putting stuff out there, you know, the yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk approach. Yeah. Like, then Gary you're, v, baby. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that, that's what he says. Be a marketing company yep. first. Hustle, you know? hustle, hustle. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's right or not, but yep. like to hear you say that and to see the success of Yeehaw kind of makes sense. Well, you know, it's, we've been fighting a perception of, you know, the, the wealthy company that's coming in to take down the small guys. Really? For six years, you know, oh. it's 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 a whole thing. I never picked uh, up on that. You know, it, it it's it's inaccurate. Like we we want to be friends with everybody. You know, there's no point in being in business if you're not trying to help everybody out in your industry. Right. Uh, the whole rising tides raises yep. all ships thing is a cliche for a reason. But uh, yeah, so we started up six years ago. 
then we started we uh opened i think pigeon forge was first or maybe greenville south carolina i forget the order of operations was that another brewery so and tasting room pigeon forge is uh just a tasting room it's, it's a lot like a casual pint but cool. we just serve our own beer and then greenville south carolina is a whole brewery restaurant complex and then nashville is actually a shared property with old smoky Oh, that's cool. It's right downtown, dude. It's sick. Where's the one in Greenville? I used to live in Greenville. Uh, oh, I don't know the road names, but okay. it's, it's right off Main. Okay. Right there. Right in the middle of downtown. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah, close yeah. to it. There's like an overpass of a highway, and we're, yeah. we're right there. Oh, okay. It's probably, yeah, 385 or something Some, goes through there. Something. I don't know. Uh, n- they've got a baseball stadium downtown. You used to live there, right? I did, yeah. yeah. I used to live there for a couple of years. Yeah. Sick. I loved that place town. is amazing. Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, it's a little bit. Uh, Hoity toity. Yes, I was. I was. I was gonna say like homogenous, Inexce- like, inaccessible to some a, portion of the population. Yeah, it's very monochromatic yeah. and and upper middle class white. Yeah, which like there's no there's not a lot of socioeconomic diversity. There's not a lot of racial diversity. Mm. It's still kind of segregated a little bit. Mm. The, bl- the black folks live over here. The white folks live over here. Mm. The Hispanics live over here. It's still kind of that way, which I don't really, I don't really dig that. I like neighborhoods that are more integrated and yep. towns that are more integrated. But it, you know, it's the South. It's a seersucker city, and the yeah. you know, oh, that's and, a good term for it. The, yeah, which mm-hmm. is you know, it, mm-hmm. it's fine. But like, mm-hmm. to, but it it still is a chill town that has a, you know, that that has a good vibe. And, and it's, it's kind of like Chattanooga. Like the whole town yes, has very come white to, and Christian. Has, well, it, no, no. <laughs> Not that. Like they come together and said, Hey, let's make our downtown epicenter just badass. Yeah. And they've mobilized as a town and, and just yeah. really put some some funding well, behind the, it. The first thing they did was build that single sided suspension bridge downtown, Dude. Reedy River Falls, the the uh bridge that and, goes and the across par- and the park that goes straight through town. Yes. The, exactly. Like down the river. Yeah. Down the Reedy River. It's yeah. crazy. And yeah. then they um Dude, they did this crazy thing that is an, is is a very novel concept. They put a baseball stadium downtown, <laughs> and it brought a bunch of people downtown. I am so excited <laughs> for Nostal Smokies, bro. Yeah, I am too. Oh, when do they start selling merch? I want a hat. I want a hat. I'm going to be in line for season tickets. Yes, like Knoxville downtown is going to explode. Yes, uh-huh. there's, a, there's a lot of people that fear change, but I I'm not one of them. Uh-huh. I say bring it. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, it, it it did wonders for that side of downtown mm, and Greenville mm-hmm. too. And I think it's going to do the same thing for us when, mm-hmm. when, uh, when, it, cause I, I lived down there in 2008 and 2009 and it was a very, um, the West end of downtown is where they put the Greenville drive baseball stadium. Mm. It's a single a, uh, uh, Boston Red Sox affiliate. Are they called the drive because of all the car plants? Yes. Okay. Because Michelin's there and BMW, BMW yep. and all the auto manufacturers that support those, those plants sure. too. Um, and it's a single A team. Uh, Which is bigger, single A or like triple A? Triple A is bigger, single, okay. double, triple. Gotcha. So, and they usually put the triple A teams close to the major league teams in case they have to call somebody up. Gotcha. They're, you know, they're, if they need if if they need to call somebody up to play for the Cleveland Guardians. Oh now, boy, the, or the, the oh they boy. used to be the Indians. They'd be in Toledo if they were in the triple A team, or, or yeah. yeah, the Toledo Mud Hens or something. I don't know. Yeah, but they keep them close. Single A is smaller, but this. Uh, but what they did that was really cool too with uh, with the Greenville Drive was they built the stadium as like 
I mean, it's not a replica of Fenway, but they did like a big green monster in left field. I've heard about that. Yeah. So it's like, that's awesome. It's only like 30 <laughs> feet tall. So it's like the real big green monster only is like 30 feet. 80 feet tall. <laughs> but they did like, you know, they did, it was kind of kitschy, but yeah. still kind of a cool, like novel thing, oh, right? Talk about kitschy. Have you seen these Savannah, Savannah Banana guys? Yes. Oh, bro. <laughs> yes. So entertaining. Yes, it is. It's like a circus. They only play one team. Oh yeah, the the party animals. Something like it's a show. It's a, it's just it's a, a show. total show. They're they're badass ball players. Yeah, but man, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters. Absolutely. Yeah, Knoxville and the Washington Knoxville General also needs one of those setups. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm Sorry, I'm, I'm sure we'll get here. one. <laughs> no, it's a, it's okay. We started talking about about Greenville because yeah. Yeehaw is also in that market. Yes. So you got Johnson City, you've got Greenville, South Carolina, Pigeon Forge, Pigeon Forge, and now Knoxville is opening soon. And then you said Nashville was a split property. Nashville thing? is Old Smoky and Yeehaw. Okay. It's called Sixth and Peabody. That's okay. actually the the cross section where it's at the intersection. Oh, cool. Yeah. So then the Knoxville one. Mm-hmm. So this is a big like this is this is a big deal because Elkmont was a big deal yeah. when it happened. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the group of guys that that you know we all know that got together and bought that property mm-hmm. and did the work to get that beautiful building yeah it was built. it was knox 10 rental company for years that, right that whole like two block section of right. property uh and yeah. they, they they did a great job stripping that place down to its studs and and opening up elkmont yeah right on the corner of central and broadway and yep. it was you know they they did all the right things uh it, it was just a lot they did I'm, all the right things design wise for the most part uh but you know i mean it it's a big property yeah they put a lot of money into it yeah. and that's a lot of overhead to keep up with yeah. um the the business implementation of things and you know running a restaurant day to day is different than building a building absolutely yeah. and those guys are very good at building buildings yeah 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 i always felt like the operations was was hard like when i went in there and a different one of my friends was the front of house manager every time i went in <laughs> for you know a few months yeah um I was I was I was nervous for him, but still like a great atmosphere. They mm. the 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 physical structure of that place is amazing. Yeah. And it's like you worry because when something like that, you know, doesn't work, which for whatever reason Elkmont didn't, you get nervous like what's gonna happen to this thing? Mm-hmm. And then you almost like almost felt like here comes the savior yeehaw to to help uh to help repurpose. So it's I mean it's I loved Elmont. I loved. I did too. I loved what they were trying to do with the food program. You know, the beer, the liquid was incredible. Chris Meadows, who is, is we've retained as the head brewer. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, he's he's a stud, man. He 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 knows his he knows his stuff. He came from uh, Sweetwater down in Atlanta. Mm. He moved up here for the Elmont job. He and his wife. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's nice that we're able to pick up where they left off, you know, their infrastructure in the building itself. We're able to use that, but it's going to look like a completely different place. Mm. Um, we're also putting a, a large investment into it like they did, but we're able to expand on it and, and make it something pretty, pretty fucking epic. So what do you, I mean, they, they, they paved the foam, they foamed the runway for you pretty well. Yeah. Like it, yeah. I, I feel like for somebody else, like, yeah, that's a big risk for anybody to take, yeah. but I feel like, it, you know, Yeehaw may not be right there had, you know, had these guys not made that happen yeah. first. And so what kind of changes are you having to make 
that are that are already there to um how could it be any better because it was such a cool building and yeah and the, the space itself is great the brewery the brew house is not changing we've mm. we've added a couple of toys in there you know some some investments that'll help us produce uh more beer in a more efficient manner and a more consistent manner uh the restaurant is going to be completely different okay um the space itself is being remodeled um the kitchen is getting completely redone okay the, the bathrooms which a lot of people will be very happy to hear are completely gutted and being completely replaced. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, unfinished wood in the original bathrooms mm. and just unsanitary finishings. Gotcha. So we've completely gutted all that. Going to go with tile yeah, on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of stainless all over, all over the place, yeah. you know. It handles a mop really yeah. well. Yeah. Yep. So coming out of COVID, you know, like uh, we're, we we want to be as, as sanitary as possible and, and things like that. So that we'll be able to do that. So what about the filling station? Is the fill is central filling station, uh, uh, related. So dear, I was furloughed for COVID for four months as a, as our East Tennessee marketing sales person. Uh, and then, um, Scott and Alden that ran filling station. Yeah. They're my old neighbors from Park Ridge. Just the smartest people you've ever met. I'm Just so glad somebody put a food truck park downtown. Brilliant. They, they, I don't know exactly their backstory or whatever, but they, they saw this same kind of business model in Austin. Austin. Yeah. yeah. That's where I got the idea for it too. Yeah. I just never pulled the trigger (laughs) on it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great business model. They, they actually, they killed it setting it up. Uh, but they were, they were creatives and they wanted to kind of, they, they like setting up businesses and that's, that's what they thrive in. The day to day is not, that wasn't what they wanted to focus on. So They approached the landowners, the building owners, uh, uh, to say, "Hey, we we want to sell this business. Do you guys know anybody?" Same same uh, owners as as Elkmont, right? Correct. Gotcha. Yeah, so the same, same property, the same ownership, same landlord. Yep, same okay. landlord. They said, "Hey, do you know anybody that would want to take over this business and uh, and and keep it going?" So, uh, kind of a, a a runaround of phone calls and meetings and things like that. It it ended up where Joe Baker bought into a portion of the property ownership mm. of the blocks and then uh when you say blocks you mean elkmont and the elkmont and the filling station and the building adjoined to the mm. filling station so, so it's all like an acre or something yeah, okay yeah. so he bought into the property side yep, of it yep okay and then so to make that happen and to keep the business open Joe just called me in and was like, Hey, you're furloughed. Do you want to just come in and run filling station? And then that turned into, do you want to run filling station and Yeehaw Knoxville? And I was like, yeah, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds great. You I think you're about that. to tear up right now. <laughs> it's, it's an incredible opportunity, man. It's, it's, I, I, a very common theme with my life in the last two years is imposter syndrome for sure. Really? I just, I am unqualified for any of this. You know what I mean? But you're built for it, man. I mean, you, you're the, I told you before we started, like somebody, somebody, you know, seven or eight years ago asked me what I, what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I, and I said, whatever Charles Ellis has going on, whatever he's doing, I just want to be that. Like he knows all the, he knows all the bars in town. He knows he's everybody's friend. Everybody loves him. You know, that's, uh, you're built for this man. And, and, you're you have such a positive attitude which is 
I mean, even since I've known you, you know, I've known you 20 years, I still don't think I've seen you upset or even say a bad word about anybody. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think you can fail, man. I mean, maybe out of like college or something. I'm hoping. Out of like Transylvania University. <laughs> but other than that, like, I don't think you can. I'm hoping so. Like, I think, I think it's a good way to come into things because I've worked for a lot of people that they know all and their way is the only way. And if you deviate from that, you're fucking up. I am not that way at all. Like, we're going to come at it as a team and, and figure out how to do it as a staff, as a, mm. a family, because I don't know all the answers. I mean, we're all going to be figuring it out together, you know? Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun. Right. You got to be excited, man. I'm super pumped. I've been there since January of 2021. Been in the new building? Yeah. Or, I've, yeah. Been, I've been, my office has been there since then. I've, it's been a year and five months, but who's counting? Dude, I, I, I have been asking you. I've been like, hey, Charles, <laughs> hey, I heard, uh, heard Yeehaw was coming. Do you think uh, maybe we could, uh, maybe we could uh, get together? You're like, let's wait. Yeah. Let's just wait. Yeah. I gotta wait. Gotta wait. Yeah. I can't give up anything, anything of the, of the secrets. No, you, know? you had, you had to make sure that it hit at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, at this point, you know, I'm running Philly Station. I've been there since July of 2020. You know, we were in the thick of COVID. It was, we actually fared okay during that because we were all outside. Uh, but it was awesome. I I love running Philly Station. That place is amazing. My staff, it's, it's my staff is super, super rad. Hmm. I'm able to support other local breweries because it's not like a yeehaw property. I can, right. I can I can carry whoever I want. Yeah, it's all a bunch of guest taps. Dude, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's all just canned beer and yeah. whatever I want to carry. So heart, most of like, if if a local brewery cans their beer, I carry it. You That's know? great. Uh, we can break into another one here. Yeah, let's do it. What else is in that bucket? Uh, you want a sour beer? Yes, I love sours. Uh, you know my favorite sour? Uh, Rodenbach Grand Cru. Oh, damn. That's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> The Flemish Red, bro. Wow. Oh, what's this? <laughs> this is Beard and Brew House. The Wait, guy, this is the, the guys at Beard and Beer Market. Oh, yeah. So this is their save. Is this a Crowler? Uh, th- it's a 16-ounce beer that they, you know, it's kind of like a generic label that they put on all oh, of the cans. Gotcha. And then they have to handwrite every beer label. Perfect. So this is Save the Princess. This is a, I, I think it's a strawberry and peach beer. Okay. I'll take it. Princess Peach. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a gusher. <laughs> Mm. Mm. yum where were we the uh mm. so the filling station has everybody's beer right yes and is yeehaw gonna have everybody's beer yeehaw will be yeehaw knoxville will be a yeehaw proper property awesome so we're we're brewing all of our own beer and cider uh so is that is that a different process it, beer and cider it is it's completely different and it's really the science behind it is a lot different as well. So can you use the same machines? We can use the same tanks, the same. Tanks. So, yeah. So we, you ship in a large tote of whatever juice you're making your cider out of typically apple juice. Okay. Uh, you blend it with some things and some waters and let it ferment and then you package it. So the, instead of using the entire brewing system, we really just use the, the, stain, the stainless steel tanks, the fermenters themselves. Okay. Yeah. But, gotcha. but doing it well, uh, like Gypsy Circus is in our neighborhood. They yeah. crush it. Those guys are awesome. Is that called a cidery? Yeah. You call those yeah, yeah, yeah. Cidery. So most of the cider we'll be producing on site is going to our new, <laughs> another new property in Gatlinburg. Uh, so we've developed the cider line is called Tennessee Stud. Nice. So 
the property in Gatlinburg will be called Tennessee Stud, and all of the ciders going there will be brewed from Knoxville. Mm, love yeah. it. Yeah. So how many beers and ciders does Yeehaw have right now? Oh, man. A bunch. Too many to count? A bunch. So we're, we're producing beer at four different locations right now. So Knoxville, Greenville, Knoxville, Knoxville, Greenville, Johnson City, and Nashville all have breweries in them. Okay, but not Pigeon Forge. Correct. Okay. Yeah, and uh, do these? Does each each one of these brewers at these places have autonomy to kind of come up with yeah. some some of their own yeah. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, whenever you see like a can of Pilsner or Dunkel or any of our core beers, they all come from Johnson City. Okay. But then each location's brewer has kind of creative free reign to 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 flex their muscles and do what they want. Okay. Yeah. I want to drink nothing but this Yeehaw Pilsner. Dude, it's so good. Right? Forever. It's so good. And I'm a big Modelo and Stella guy. I love Modelo a yeah. lot. Yeah. And yeah. both of those are kind of my like my my easy drinkers and I'll drink an IPA every now and then. Yeah. But like to just, you know, tailgate beer, mm-hmm. lawn mowing mm-hmm. beer, mm-hmm. out on the lake beer. Yeah. I need I I've always wanted a light craft beer that Tate that that was good that mm-hmm. would you say light with a little crispy with some light backbone? With a little backbone yeah. yeah yeah a little backbone yeah, 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 not yeah. too much yeah 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 because so, I might drink a couple of them so we started as a proper like European brewery like right. our, our original brewer Brandon was classically trained in Germany and Scotland and all that stuff so most of our original core beers were very European centric so mm. you know a lot of really good light German beers and and things like that so. The, the the yellow beers are really kind of become our wheelhouse, even Good. though Dunkel is still like 55% of our total sales. Dude, for Crazy. some reason, I just, I mean, that sticker over there on on my on my toolbox hey. is, is, yeah. is is green. Yeah. Is this green? It's green and it says yeehaw on it. So I just automatically think of your Dunkel, Dunkel. Yep. right? Yep. That's the beer of yours that I see the most. Who would have thought that a East Tennessee brewery would have a dark lager as their flagship beer? And that like, is, it's so backwards. That is crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. I like it. I think yeah. it's it's very yeah. good. I'm Absolutely. just not a huge Dunkel fan of right. of any Dunkel, but I love yours. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, man. It's very good. And I'm glad to I'm glad to see that that uh that maybe some of these other colors uh will <laughs> that some of these other colors uh-huh. are are uh, uh, a little more drinkable. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah, man. So the uh you got the orange, what's the yellow one? There's a yellow one too. Is that a Kolsch? Kolsch. Yeah. Yep. And we've got the Easy, which is our American light lager. We've got Oh, I've had that one and I like that one. We've got our Cerveza, which is our Mexican lager. Maybe I need that one too. Yeah, yeah. We, like I said, we got a we got a lot of yellow beers for sure. Light light beers are our, our go to right now. I love it, man. Yeah. When's the when does uh the big the big The question. Uh, the question. You, you don't know when it opens. Uh, so you the, know when when we first Started coming across the the uh, supply chain issues. I was convinced it was just kind of an excuse to not get shit done, but it's it's a real thing. Like structural steel is is crazy to come by these days, and all kinds of building materials. So it's been a long, long process. I think right now uh, it's looking like July or August. Like if we can get open by football season, we're made in the shade. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping it happens, man. Me too. Yeah, and and it it's great because there's parking there, right? God, no, a little well, not there, enough. There was parking. Yeah, what happened? You guys knock some knock some or we're, build some buildings. We're building way? some we're building some stuff where the parking lot was. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a a substantial outdoor area. That whole area has grown up so much. I mean, mm. Axel Logistics by itself might keep you guys busy, dude. Crazy. Yeah. What an investment those guys have made in, in Knoxville. 
It's awesome. They're about to buy another building. They they're already did, to, bro. Well, I know they bought the one next door, but they're about to buy another <laughs> one. Really? Yeah, <laughs> another one. <laughs> it's yeah. So, but there, how many people are there? 150, 200? Yeah, right now, yeah, in the main building, one hundred and fifty people yep. right across the street from you. Yeah, and um, and we're gonna have lunch every day. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And yep. guess what? They're all twenty-five to thirty-five years old, mostly, and they're not afraid. And they make some good money, and they're not afraid to throw back a couple beers after work. I can't wait to host them. I know, man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what uh, what else we got, man? Because I I, I feel like Bro, I'm, I'm having a kid in like two, three weeks. Congratulations. My second kid. You, uh, you have a boy already, right? I've got a boy. His name's Ford. He's yeah. three in July and he's just the coolest kid in the world. It's awesome, oh, man. Oh, he's awesome. Absolutely. And then do you know if this is a boy or a girl? It is a boy. So oh, both, both of these kids are miracle babies. We went, really? We went full IVF. Ixi, the whole shebang. Really? Yeah. yeah. Dude, so, congratulations, thanks, man. man. Thank you. And they're healthy, full-term babies. Yeah. yeah. So we, uh, you know, going through the first pregnancy, trying to get pregnant, we we have gone over all kinds of hurdles and, and things like that, and then ended up getting my side of things tested. Come to find out, it was my side of things. Mm. So genetic mutation kind of deal. Like, it's called Y-chromosome microdeletion. Which, you know, it, it sounds like some CRISPR, like gene <laughs> editing crazy stuff. stuff. So the way the urologist explained it is like, depending on where on your chromosome, this mutation happens is how serious it is. So mm. luckily mine was in whatever area that it's not that serious. So it didn't affect other things. It only affected sperm production. Wow. Crazy. So how like, lucky, I mean, that's, that's like spilling gravy on a brown shirt, maybe. <laughs> like, it's just like. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's bad, but it's, uh, it could be worse. Right. It's, it's so kind of like, lucky. So like when a normal person submits a sample, not to get gross or anything, but there's like a, a couple of hundred million cells in there. Right. I had like a couple of hundred. Oh, wow. So we would, we had to go to Nashville Fertility Clinic and, and do the whole shebang where they would literally take one of my cells and put it into one of her eggs and try to get some embryos out of it. So Dang. We got uh, we got twelve embryos, uh, and five of those were genetically normal. And now we have Ford, and we have our new baby boy that's coming in two weeks. And then we've got two two more embryos on ice. Dude, it's crazy stuff. So Dude, science is awesome. They, so the embryos mean that it's a fertilized egg, right? Yep. And then they test the embryo, yeah, to make sure that it's genetically sound. Yeah. And then they implant it. Yep. In the mom. Yeah. Nuts. It's nuts, dude. So what a great time so, to be alive. <laughs> I didn't run into this by Stephanie. I hope she doesn't get mad at me for divulging, but I'm, I'm an open book about this stuff because right. it's shocking how common it is. Uh, I want, I want people to know that there are other people going through it. So right. side, side note, if anybody's going through this, any kind of infertility stuff, I'm a wealth of knowledge on the topic now. So right. just hit me up on Facebook or Instagram or something. <laughs> I'm a good resource. But uh, So let me ask you this. I, you always hear about IVF turning into like octuplets. Right. So what? I guess that's if it's on the mom's side, so, right? Y- yes. So Then you put three of them in because right. two, because maybe hopefully one of them will be viable. And, but and the sometimes, pro- but the, sometimes those three will turn into all triplets. Yeah, and you got nine kids. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy yeah. stuff. Right. But but since it but since it was on your side. Since it was one cell and one cell. Yes. And they only implanted one embryo at a time. It, yes. There was a very low likelihood of having multiples. 
And right. It would but not they have didn't been, have to do three. Right. Because they're pretty sure that the other side's good. And it wouldn't have been healthy for Stephanie if uh, if one of those embryos had turned into twins because, mm. you know, we're old. You know, I'm I'm 38. Uh, yeah, I mean, they call th- anything over 35 a geriatric, geriatric pregnancy. pregnancy. Yeah, we loved learning about that. <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous. That's not a word uh, designated for 35-year-olds. I don't care mm-hmm, what you're talking mm-hmm. about. I guess scientifically it is, but yeah. screw you, doctors. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how much school you went to. Don't call my 35-year-old wife geriatric. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> man, that's exciting. I'm yeah, man. very happy for you. Thanks. It's It's great to, Thank you. It's great to have... Uh, uh, I mean, ever ever all kids are miracles, I guess. But it sounds like you're even more grateful when it it when the road is a little Absolutely. tougher, you know. Absolutely, you know we we tried for four, three, four years beforehand. So I mean, mm. it's Ford's our little miracle, and now we're having another another baby, two boys. Yeah, dude, it's exciting. Yeah, we'll just keep them the hell away from my girls, whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, if if anybody's kids are going near him, I'd hope that hope to be hey, <laughs> we, can, we can make a match. Yeah. <laughs> well, did we leave anything out? Oh, think of yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. probably good. Yeah. Well, let's do it again sometime then. I'm down. I'm this so glad a, this that has been a blast. Has it? I've been a fan of this show from day one. Really? You have interviewed more of my friends. <laughs> I mean, you you know my people. Like yeah. I said, we are life adjacent. We know all of the same yeah. people. And you know some really good people. There's been yeah. some fantastic interviews on this show. That's why I want to be you when I grow oh, up. You know, that's it. what I'm working on is, <laughs> is knowing and being friends with everybody. No, but I'm, I'm really glad that we got to do this. I knew this was going to be a really fun time. And I'm glad that it, uh, that it finally happened. Dude, we didn't uh, even talk about my wife being in the same industry that you're in. I didn't know she was. Yeah, she's at River Media. Oh. Yeah. Well, that shop is killing it. Yeah, they're doing good. She's the executive producer for uh, 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 Fixer to Fabulous okay. on HGTV. Nice. Yeah. I was talking about uh, River Media earlier because uh, a couple years ago, it was like, what's River doing? Where are they going? What's going to happen? Does anybody work there anymore? It, has anybody heard from River lately? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I went over there and met with Bob Baskerville one day. And, Setting up shop over there, dude. Yeah, he yeah. is for sure. Yeah. And then uh, met with Lori Stryer, met with both of them. Baller. Over there. Yeah, she's a Lori she's a is my badass. homie. I yeah. love Lori Stryer. I got to get both of them on the show. At, not she's, together. I'd like to talk to them separately. She's awesome. Yeah. Yes. But River Media is a shop that is just absolutely killing it. And I completely forgot that she's been working there, there for... God, I think like 17, 18 years. Really? Stephanie has, yeah. What did she do? She was, she was a photography major. So they signed her on to be a behind-the-scenes photographer and then just worked her way up. Really? What'd she do now? Is she a producer? A- executive producer. Jesus. Yeah. Good for her, man. Yeah. We're on the same path. We just outlast everybody. <laughs> just, yeah. just stick it's, with it's it. It's like, what's, how did you guys do this? It's like, we're, we're stupid. We don't stop when we're supposed to. We just, we're very persistent. You know? Yeah. Man, that's amazing. That's a different world. Like the 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 television world is a little different than, uh, like the I'm talking about uh, uh like linear programming mm. and you know what I call long form television. Yeah, yeah. Um, is a little bit. It's it's. I mean, it is a different world than what I do a lot because um, it, it's almost like a commodity a little bit. It mm. feels like mm. like you're trying to create. You're trying to take a concept, create an idea that you can execute that people don't just react to and love and one time mm. and then action on mm. like 
like a commercial, for instance, is right. something that it's like, oh, that's a great Coke commercial. I'm going to go buy Coke. Right. Or uh, that's a great Coke commercial. What a great brand. Oh, they have a great space in my heart. Linear television is creating this commodity that has to be scalable in order for the people that make it to, uh, you know, to, to make money. They don't make these shows to make one of them. Right. They don't make these shows to make six of them. They want these shows to go a hundred episodes a piece. They want them all to be signed. And also the consumer is wanting to invest themselves in sure. the progress of the show. Absolutely. You know, like following around Dave and Jenny Mars, they're fantastic. Are they? Oh, they're so cool, man. Does she, does, does Stephanie have to travel a lot? She did okay. until Ford came along. Now she's, she's not traveling at all anymore. She's got a field producer going out yep. and doing it. Yep. yep. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I would completely had, I mean, well, you can't swing a dead cat around <laughs> Knoxville without hitting a production person, can you? Dude, I had no idea until I started dating Stephanie. Really? How how big of a town this Isn't was. Isn't it stupid? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's There's so much going on around here for production. It's nuts. I know. And I hope it, you know, it keeps it up, but the space is more crowded than it's ever been before. What would it take for us to be like the new Atlanta? Tyler Perry. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> No, uh, no, the answer is tax incentives. Yeah. Um, that's what got Atlanta going. Right. Um, they started giving production companies over $2 million, 30% of their money back to come to town. Is it still, are they still like the other LA Atlanta or is it like moving to somewhere else now? It's Atlanta. Yeah. It's still Atlanta. Um, from what I understand, that's where all my buddies. I know Denver is big for production. Chicago, obviously. Houston is big. Um, huh. Yeah. Well, you got, I mean, LA, Chicago, New York are your, yeah. are your big ones. Yeah. Wilmington, North Carolina used to be huge. It's not that big yeah, anymore. Yeah, the Dawson's Creek days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Louisiana, I think, has gotten their tax incentives back on track. I'm a little, I'm, I'm not super, super boned up on this, but all my friends that are working mm. on features are, are, are all in Atlanta Crazy. and all in Georgia. And, you know, that's where people from LA migrate to when they yeah. get sick of LA to work on features. And then Tyler Perry built a million square foot studio at Lakewood. Was it like a military base or something? I don't know what or? it was, but that dude films like <laughs> films like uh, 90 pages of television a day, which is like, he films like three television shows, three episodes of a TV show in his studio a day. I have a buddy who's a steady cam operator in Atlanta. And he told me that their camera set up, if you can follow me in the, in the studio, these, these, you know, whatever Tyler Perry's sitcoms are mm. they're, they're I think he said there are five or six camera shows. So they have three cameras on tripods in the center. So you have this scene playing out, right? Yeah. In the in this room, in this living room, yeah. right? Tyler Perry's family is having a scene in the living room. Yeah. You have three or four cameras on tripods uh-huh. or dollies or whatever following this, uh-huh. this act, shooting it from four different angles. One performance that's happening, four different angles. Uh-huh. And then they have steady cam operators on either side of this okay. that are jumping in and shooting close up and backing up and shooting wides and doing all these steady cam moves from either side. Dance choreography. Yes. Crazy. But he does like 20 minute takes and steady cams are heavy. And you can, it, it, the best steady cams in, in cam operators <laughs> in the world get fatigued. And so what they built like brick shit houses. They are. <laughs> yeah. They walk backwards on treadmills oh at God. the gym to exercise to, to get good at at running a steady You're cam. Kidding. No. Oh my God. No, they'll take their steady cam rig to the gym and walk backwards on a treadmill to build their muscles. That's insane. To, to operate a steady cam. So instead of coming up with some different production model that is less 
efficient than this, you know, four camera with two steady cam operations on the side. Give the steady cam guys a rest mm. while you reset and redo stuff. Mm. Instead of stopping filming, they rotate another steady cam in behind both of those steady cam operators in the middle of the take so they can continue the take and not lose that steady cam shot on either side. Wow. So you have you have at each p camera position on either side, you have two steady cam operators, one that's resting how do you while the other how one's How do you shooting. line up the audio and all that stuff? I mean, that's easy. That's time code. Okay. That's slate. Right. That's, yeah, that's the easy tech huh. part. That's, that's not a problem. But the that's hard part bananas. is the human beings that are being driven into the ground. That is crazy. You know, but I mean, that's what it takes to make television and make money, I guess. Huh. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. Good the Lord. Dude That is guy's killing it. Killing it. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast the other day. They were like, how'd Tyler Perry get on the front row at the Oscars when Will Smith got smacked? Like, what what has he done that, that's been Oscar worthy? And it's like, well, the guy's probably made more hours of television over the last 10 or 15 years yeah. than anybody. Wasn't he the highest paid entertainer in the world I at some point? I think he is, man. It is Dude. stupid what he's doing in Lakewood, man. Mm. From what I hear. This right. is all anecdotal. This is just, you know. So we just need to get Tennessee's... Legislative, legislative body together and and then tyler perry will move here <laughs> dude it's and like I, i've heard this i don't know if this is true or not but like i heard that it's not necessarily wanted uh. for the tax incentive to come here uh by some of the production companies that are making television here huh. because uh kind of fight them out of the job it it messes with the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Like they're happy with what they've got going on. Right. And so, you know, they liken it to, um, if, you know, let's say, uh, uh, Charles is working on a television show for a hundred dollars a day right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, production company a is hiring him for a hundred dollars a day. And they know that Charles is going to work for a hundred dollars a day. And he's a, he's a great resource and he's awesome. And there's nobody else, but Charles who can do this. Mm -hmm. Now the movie comes to town and pays Charles $200 a day to do the job. And now production company a doesn't have Charles to do the thing, but then the movie leaves town and now Charles expects to get paid $200 a day now. Just holding his, holding his hat. And production company A now ha has has to worry about that. Mm. So I think that's the kind of market pressure that pushes against, mm -hmm. uh, or that's the kind of pressure that pushes against the tax incentives for the state of Tennessee, mm. at least from what I hear. Right. I, I, I would, uh, I would, I would. Uh, I'm not an economist, but I would hope that it wouldn't play out that way. Mm. I would think that whatever happened, you know, in these places that have Louisiana and Georgia that have, have built these or that, that have, that have worked with their legislators to have these tax incentives. It's been good for the communities. I think, yeah. I mean, the towns have grown. Nashville would love to pop off with that kind of, you know, Nashville's ready to roll, man. Dude, you, you'd have people Nashville moving from insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, you'd have people moving from all over the the country to come hmm. work on a movie in Nashville. No problem. Nashville's, Nashville's probably like, please no, we can't yeah. take it. <laughs> we just <laughs> we just caught our breath. Oh my god! Please, I can't imagine. I know. Yeah, they've got enough people over there. That traffic is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I stay away. I, but you're from you you live in in L.A. I, I mean, I'm yeah. sure Tennessee traffic is nothing comparable. But well, it's none of it's any fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was in Pigeon Forge this week. I'd rather be in L.A. Dude, it's yeah. nuts, <laughs> nuts. <laughs> yeah, man, especially this time of year. 
Yeah. Mm. Dude, let's do this again sometime. I'd be honored. Thank you so much for doing it. Yeah. I'm really glad we made it happen. Yeah. You're killing it, man. I'm so excited. Thank you for being a, a part of the story. I'm, I, like I said, I've been a fan for day one. You're you're doing a great job. I love hearing good stories about Knoxvillians and people at large that you bring in for it. But you well, know, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for being a part of the story. Yeah, man. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. All right, all right. How'd we do? How we do? What a fun dude. If you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash south and scruffy. Follow us on Instagram at south of scruffy. Send us an email, south of scruffy at gmail.com. We'll get back to you. Ask us a question. We'll talk about it on the air. Y'all take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you real soon. All right. Pitch wire. Play me out.